I couldn't even imagine being Dan's career coach. Like, what a pain in the ass that would have it's, to be. It's so hard. I was like, you Barbara, you poor woman. So I took her email, and then I responded in red. <laughs> so, um, Woo! So, and I said, you know, I found you on LinkedIn. The only thing you've ever done is career coaching. So that that is a little bit concerning because you've never done direct hiring for a company. Then some of the things and methodologies and tips that you give are actually going to be pretty. I would be delighted to help your company update some of your information. He tried to sell her. He tried to sell her his own consulting. I can't believe you even put this poor woman through the exercise of like sending her a resume and asking her for career coaching when you knew how it was going to go. Yes. She needs to learn. Profits have hit a record high, and you've all worked overtime to make it happen. So it's time to be rewarded with a corporate pizza party. The podcast taking you inside the highs and lows of corporate America. Hosted by Dan Space, Farah Shargi, and Mike Petito. We couldn't afford bonuses this year, but sit back and enjoy the next best thing. Well, hello, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us here at the Corporate Pizza Party Podcast. My name is Farah Shargi. I will be your host for this episode, and I would love to introduce you to my other two co-hosts. Dan, why don't you uh, tell us more about yourself? I'm Daniel, and today I'm afraid of spiders. Mike. <laughs> I am Mike, and I am afraid of box outer bugs that have invaded my house this fall. <laughs> that's, that's disgusting. <laughs> I'm afraid of drain flies. I don't know if you guys get them where you live, but I live in San Francisco and they are just the most annoying pests ever. And I have to put traps all over my apartment. It's awful. Anytime Trap someone introduces a new bug to me, I am not happy with that information. I do not need new bugs. The The, the bugs that we have are horrifying and disgusting enough. You would be horrified by box elder bugs, which are completely harmless, but live on maple trees. The trees that have like little helicopter spinners. And we have one right in our backyard next to our kids' play set. And they start as like little tiny red ant looking things. And then they grow into bigger ones and then they become flies. And it takes like a week. And water chases them away, but then makes them come back worse. So they have moved from the tree to like our children's play set. And there's just like a hundred thousand of them. And then they all try to get inside when it gets cold. So just to reiterate, uh, I am very scared of them. There is one crawling ew. on my desk right now. It sounds, they sound it like, sounds a lot like LinkedIn posts. <laughs> I was going to say the gremlins, but now I'm dating myself. But yeah, LinkedIn posts too. So you guys, I know we, I would love, love, love for us to talk about our favorite subject, career coaches, specifically <sighs> oh. the bad advice that we get. Because like, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but if I keep seeing another certified resume writer, certified career coach you know, making some kind of posts on LinkedIn, fear mongering and scaring people. I, 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 I don't know what I'm going to do. I might have to hire a hitman. I, I can't anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I had a wonderful interaction with a scam resume writer on LinkedIn recently who messaged me and their name was resume underscore writer. And they sent me a message very clearly knowing their audience. Just saying, if you need help for a resume writer, I am a certified resume writer and would love to help you and ATS certified, know how to beat the ATSs, all those things. Uh, and of course, I asked a bunch of questions and went and this person, let me call them resume for a good three hours. I decided I was going to have fun that day. Like a fun thing about me is 
I will message a scammer all day long if I have the time to do it. And I started every message to them with the word resume. Just like, well, resume, are you able to do this? And I was asking them all these questions. And finally, I asked them if they had a certification from the Society of Certification for Management and Attributes resume, which I said those words backwards. But essentially, the letters I did use spelled out scam. And I asked them if they were scam certified resume writer, because I would only work with a scam certified resume writer, to which they replied yes, which was just a reminder that these people will say anything they need in order to work with you. And this is right. why AI bots don't work. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. That it was the school and college of accredited masters because I only want to work with scam certified resumes writers because it's important to know who to trust. And That's the response brilliant. immediately was, yes, I do. <laughs> I can't believe you fell for that. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and then they started stop? showing up to my post. And when did it stop? Yeah. I, so they said, yes, I do. And then I, it ended because I sent them another message. I was just like, how long can I go with this person? And I asked them, I was like, Resume, you know what's funny? I just realized your name is Resume and you're a resume writer. LOL, 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 That's so hilarious. That would be like if the president's name was president. Could you imagine? And they wrote back and said, that is so funny, except my real name is, and told me their real name. And I told them how heartbroken I was that they had lied to me about what their name was this entire time and I could no longer work with them. And they gave me a thumbs up emoji reply and then went and commented great opportunity on like 12 of my LinkedIn posts. That person was committed. Thank you for the engagement. That was really nice of them. <laughs> like, I guess I'll, we'll take it, right? Yeah. And then they blocked me after I made a post on LinkedIn calling them out by name. Good for you. I mean, I think Dan is the king of calling out and debunking these people. I am. And, and I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm okay with that title because they just do so much harm while thinking that they're doing good. So as both of you know, I have been recently um, impacted by a layoff. And part of one of the offerings that was provided to us was career outplacement services. And I felt so bad for the woman assigned to me because once I sent her my resume, I, of course, sent her back my notes to her notes saying everything you just said is very wrong. To her credit, she called me and we spoke. But in our conversation, it just really helps reinforce that there are so many career coaches that don't have a basic foundation to provide good career advice. And I know in many cases, they probably think that they're doing good. They go to some sort of institute, they take a class, they take a certification, they do want to help people. But if you don't understand corporate hierarchy, how job families work, how job leveling works, how job family adjacencies all work, the skills, the dependencies, the core competencies, responsibilities all feed into each other, how can you possibly give advice to someone on, on their career? Yeah, I think, and I think that's what's hard because I think the, the, re, the, career coach you were assigned is clearly someone who means well and is not in the the industry to scam people like like resume underscore writer was <laughs> but it it does remain the same problem because it's not only a lack of experience it's a lack of recent experience and knowledge too and i think it's the same issue that exists in uh, college career centers where we mm -hmm. have people who have either never worked in the corporate world or haven't done in 20 years giving the same advice that they've been giving for 20 years and it, it raises a legit question of, don't you need to be practicing actively the things you're preaching? And I, and I do think that's missing in a lot of people who even aren't trying to scam and do have the right intentions in mind. Yeah. I was surprised that even Harvard, like Harvard offers its students a bunch of YouTube videos on resumes, on interviews, on salary negotiation. And the, the, the videos were, it was giving bad advice. 2017, 2018, I think is when the videos were uploaded when I was looking at it. I'm like, 
Harvard has this wrong. Like, if you are not actively one of the three roles that a company utilizes to hire people, HR business partners, recruiters, or hiring managers, you do not have any authority to speak on how companies make these decisions. Let me give you some tea on Harvard. I have a friend. I won't say who. He he's not famous yet. He has written a few books and he's been in the career space at universities for many years. And so and he and I are friends. And so he'll actually bring me in to speak to some, you know, very prominent MBA students at some pretty prestigious universities. And Harvard brings him in once once a half, I think, like once every like semester or like once a quarter. I forgot how they do theirs. And guess how much they pay him as a fee? $5,000. Nope. No. No, this person probably gets like $40,000 to do this. $0. But oh, was close. in exchange, they will buy a few of his books. Oh. I think this is partially why there's a problem. And what I've been told by people who kind of work this circuit is that the smaller universities and colleges actually will pay people more money and they actually have a bigger budget to help their students get jobs. Because if you think about it, Harvard just relies on their name, which it's Harvard. I mean, I've seen really good resumes from Harvard, so they are doing something right. Maybe not publicly, maybe some, maybe privately, but um, these other smaller universities actually pay a lot more. That makes sense. Trash in, trash out. Garbage in, garbage out. Bad in, bad in, out. (laughs) That's so true. I think, there's so many pieces involved in this stuff, too. And the money factor does come in because so I had somebody reach out to me recently who runs a course to help people in their career. Now, this person's not a, a job search expert, and they have a very sort of niche of what they're doing, right? We will help people who work in this field find a job by teaching them things like this. But what happens is you have people sign up and they come to you, but then they want more than just advice on like, how do I become more confident or how do I do this or do that? So the person running this course, it starts to assume like, well, I'm their expert at finding a job. So let me also talk to you about how to write resumes or how to negotiate salaries. And it, and it happens like this all the time. We see people who sell courses in a different field who say, well, now I've made myself a thought leader so I can become a thought leader in anything. So on top of the advice I'm going to give you on this other thing, I now also sell resume services and I now also sell salary negotiation tips because if I can teach you how to learn to code, why wouldn't I also be able to teach you how to negotiate your salary? You trust me in your career. What blows me away is when people who have no talent acquisition, no HR experience teach these courses and their their angle is, well, I've been a hiring manager. So as a hiring manager, I can teach you how to write a resume, how to negotiate salary, et cetera. I'm like, excuse me, from my personal Uh, experience with this. Hiring managers don't negotiate with the candidates. They let finance and HR and recruiting do it. They like default to them. How the heck would they actually know how to give this advice? They don't. I think that is such a great point. And I really like to reinforce that in my content. So there's people when I when I say the three people that talk about hiring are recruiters, hiring managers, and HR business partners. But even hiring managers, it, it there's so many caveats. Like I think you have to have at least 10 years of experience in at least two to three different industries before you start really being able to pick up the picture together to understand what the whole thing starts to look like. And if you're a hiring manager and you're a, a level one manager with three direct reports, then that does not qualify you to give experience outside of that one little niche where you interviewed for, potentially for your company or for your industry. You know, so to me, the idea of a hiring manager giving career advice can be really strong, but it has to come from experience, not from urban legend and personal point of view. 
let me go to Google and Google that and like use some kind of generic <laughs> advice that was actually written by a journalist and not a TA professional at all. And just like regurgitate nonsense that doesn't actually work. Right. I also think almost any recruiter will tell you how many hiring managers they work with who just don't even look at the candidate's resume until like halfway through the interview, if they even look at it then. Or when I want to make an offer, we've decided this is the offer, the candidate we're going to make an offer to. And I'll ask the hiring manager, like, okay, let's talk about salary range. Or, oh, I don't know. I don't know what the bands are for this role. I don't know what we're supposed to pay. You know, I thought that was handled somewhere else. And like, okay. now you're also going to sell negotiation advice. Cool. Okay. That makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Although, can I tell you, guys, I have had hiring managers do the opposite. The candidate will say, oh, I'm looking for this comp range. And the hiring manager will, in black and white, type, yeah, that's great. We can totally do that. Then they bring oh. it to me and then I have to clean up the mess. And I'm like, that is not within Never. range. Why didn't you consult me first or your HR business partner first? And we could confirm that for you. Now you've put yourself in a pickle. Now you got to reverse engineer that. You probably can't even hire this person for this job. Right. Great job. Hiring now you manager. get to be. Way to negotiate. <laughs> <laughs> he negotiated you into being the evil HR position. And it's easy, right? The hiring managers just so go lucky, go with the flow, whatever they want to do. They'll pay people whatever. Yeah. And now HR just had to step in and ruin everything. So sounds like you were just set up by someone who wants to make a candidate happy. I know. I have Recruiters say, just I don't think... get enough love. You guys, no, ahead, you really sorry. don't. And the thing that really upsets me the most was, you know, during the pandemic, the job search space as a whole completely shifted. Everything was a reset. And we had such a great opportunity to reset those lines. And I think 21 was one of my favorite years professionally because of seeing how many people got the opportunity to work at a company they actually wanted to work or people could were, were able to, to move two jobs in one year and make like triple their salary because all of a sudden the whole world was wide open to them. They had so much more opportunity than they had ever had before. But the problem was LinkedIn kept um, platforming career coaches like, oh, here's how to find a job. Here's this career expert. Here's this career coach. And like, I don't necessarily blame LinkedIn for that. Like, when someone says, I'm a verified career coach, I'm a certified career coach, you're like, oh, well, this person has to know what they're talking about. You look at their experience and then two years of TA at a staffing agency and 11 years working as a career coach, like that means you are so far out of the recruiting process. Know about anything regarding job families, job family matrices, the job questions that get asked in interviews, how to know when bad advice sort of cycles in and cycles out. And the problem was like every week on LinkedIn's like the, the LinkedIn helps me find a job. The thing that they had done for like a year, they just continuously platform career coaches who just give the same sort of bad generic advice. My favorite career coaches are the new grads. Like, oh, I'm a UC <laughs> Berkeley graduate who got an internship at Google. Let me help you get a job in corporate. It's like, what? Make it make sense. Yeah, there's there's so many career coaches out there. They look like they're 12 years old and it, maybe they just look wonderful for their age. That's fine enough. But like, yeah, it, there is something to it because you see so much and so much changes over time. And it's always the same. You you could take almost anything a career coach says in their kind of consistent post and run it through chat GPT or whatever you want and kind of create the same post. And uh, I know what they're all going to say, right? Network. Your network is your net worth and tailor your resume to the job. And only apply to jobs that you're a good fit for and then message the hiring manager. And that's their post. And that's their advice every day. $900 a month. Exactly. Yeah. Don't forget, rejection is redirection. And shoot your shot. <laughs> and uh, like, one thing I started to find, especially when I started like kind of building this reputation for people that did not necessarily love me, 
was <laughs> the one fallback I always started to realize that they fell back on was my my clients have had success with this. This is my clients. Mm-hmm. Anytime I say, well, what experience do you have with how companies make hiring decisions? Because there's only three roles that do that at every single company, HR recruiting and the hiring manager. Anyone else, even you can go through seven interviews in your entire life and get seven offers. You have no idea what you did or didn't do wrong that led to you getting that offer. You can certainly make, you can share your experience and you can share your thoughts. But if you are not the decision maker, you have no place in the authority or ability to give meaningful feedback and advice to people. It's also an incredibly easy thing to just say and to make up. My... I am the newest of everybody here in this space of starting to create content. I've only been doing this for eight months or so. But my first week, my first couple of days, I think I got into TikTok. And I found the people that when TikTok figures out that you're interested in career and job search advice, feed you, right? Some of the biggest names and the ones who have the biggest followings, who say sort of maybe the most generic things. And I just sort of started hearing these facts. There was one person who you know, it was a post about like, I've gotten 97% of jobs I've ever interviewed for. And I was like, that's the most made up statistic I've ever heard. But no one's ever going to like, question you on that. You couldn't have interviewed right. for 100 jobs and gotten 97 of them. So I don't understand where this statistic even comes from. But it's it's the hooks and it's the marketing and it's the here's the guarantees and it's the easy things. And it's it's frustrating to watch, I suppose, because then people hear it and it all blends together. Dan, you talk about this a ton. You are saying you're hearing all these different things, but what you're hearing is like two sides and just sort of listening to the wrong one over and over again. It is my, so that's one of my biggest pieces of annoyance and started, especially when I started making content and I became to know within my first year as the guy who would like terrorize career coaches or bad job search advice because I would (laughs) consider content on TikTok, TikTok, I'd say this person does not know what they're talking about and here's what actually happens. But the biggest pain point for me was that they would they would be so upset and they'd be like, well, everyone has a point of view. And I'm like, well, but, but your point of view is not an informed point of view. Your point of view does not come from any experience. And I'm not saying anything you as a person are bad, but I'm saying you do not have any experience or authority to do this sort of, you know, to be able to give advice, especially to charge for the advice, you know, and you have like hopeful people in the comments saying, oh my God, can I please book a time with you? Or what should I do for this? And you're just out there kind of giving advice left and right, but without any idea. And I remember one of the one of the first times I got a little bit annoyed was I think it was one of the bigger scam artists on TikTok made a video and I made a video responding saying, actually, all of this is wrong. And I went step by step with what they said and what the actual thing was. And then someone in the comment section actually had the nerve to get mad at me. They were like, this is why jobs are so hard. Companies make us go through the ringer. Like you say this, but then they say that. Like, who am I supposed to believe? I'm like, believe the people who do this for a living. Don't blame me that you guys platformed a bunch of hooligans and scam artists. Like, that's not my fault. You gave them a voice. Scam artists are all the same, right? Fast and easy is always a scam. And so that's what these people are preying on, right? Like they're preying on your emotions, your fears. They're tapping into this like subconscious lizard brain of ours and saying, you know, oh, aren't you scared of this? Here's my solution. Look, it's fast and easy. Use these like adjectives in your resume and that'll guarantee that you'll get past the applicant tracking system. In fact, buy my $20 template to guarantee that the resume will get through the applicant tracking system. You don't have no idea how an applicant tracking system works. By the way, a tracking system is a tracking system. It's not a decision-making system. So there is no thing like filtering out your resume and kicking it out unless you have knockout questions. But the resume itself is fine. But back to this. Like, you, like 
like Dan said, like it's so frustrating to watch these quote unquote career coaches prey on people's insecurities, you know, give them false hopes, make these promises that if you just do these simple things, it's going to solve all of your problems and that they don't, they don't tell you about the hard work involved in actually understanding like how the process works, how to actually be a better interviewer, right? Looking at mindset, all of those things. And then what, what gets my goat grinds my gears is the press then sees these people's channels, sees that they've got like a million plus followers. It goes, oh, I'm going to write a New York Times article about them. Mm-hmm. Then they get verified. And as soon as they get that blue check, guess what? All of a sudden, all the doors and the windows open and they're making millions upon millions of dollars by giving people generic advice that they just Googled. Right. And it's not even or good Google, advice yeah. and it's not getting them anywhere. Yeah. It's yeah. like a fast food diet. It's just bad. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's this, and it's the same things. And I think that is what what frustrates, right? It's the it's the idea that like you could sell a lesson like network, or that you could sell a lesson like, oh well, hiring managers tend to hire people they like, so try and form a connection. Now we can argue all day if that shouldn't happen, but it does happen in hiring, of course, right? Hiring managers will hire people that they like, but you don't have to sell a course to somebody to tell them that hiring managers like somebody they like, and you can't teach someone to vibe with the hiring manager. And when I see these videos and these posts, they're just like, want to know the secret to getting a job? You need to connect with the hiring manager. She's like, well, yeah, no shit. But that also isn't like a lesson to learn for anybody. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to work for somebody I don't like either. That's just common sense. <laughs> so our good buddy Dave asked me a question or kind of brought something up once. And I want to pose it to both of you where he had said he had noticed that in Some of my more recent TikToks, I had started to pull up the person's experience as a way to show that they did not have the qualifications, that did not have the the experience, that you you don't work one year as an HR coordinator and all of a sudden know how job hiring works. So you don't work as an account manager for a staffing firm and all of a sudden understand how hiring works. You understand a piece of it. And what he had said was, your message gets diluted because it feels like you're trying to tarnish their character. And I took, like, I I love Dave and I, I think he gives really great feedback. And I saw that at the same time, though, like... What do you think of that? Like, because to me, like that's that's a pretty good barometer as it relates to their, um, you know, sort of their 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 closeness to hiring and their understanding of hiring. But is that not just ad nauseum? It's that's hard, and I go through this. I go through this battle with myself as well as somebody who I think joined TikTok and sort of had a similar approach to yours, which is just like, oh, I can just sort of position of authority talk my way through a lot of this stuff and take some people down and I'm witty and I'm smart and this is going to work. Um, and it did to some regard, but it does start to feel a point right where am I going after the information or am I going after the person? And that is hard. And, and I think it's a balance to strike because you are trying to make a point, right? When, when we do this and I got into this really deep with somebody early on into being TikTok, where we were pulling up each other's LinkedIn, it's sort of going back and forth a little too much until they eventually blocked me. And sometimes you wind up in these deep situations. But at the same time, I wanted people to understand this person doesn't have the qualifications beyond naming them, beyond starting their own coaching company and resume writing company. And they can say, I've been doing it for 20 years, but it's still your own company. I can call myself a fitness trainer and put it on my LinkedIn. And in 10 years, say I've been a fitness trainer for 10 years, but I can still be fat and I can still not know how to train you into being in shape. And I just and I think it's worth showing that, but we do have to be careful whenever we have a big following and like not letting it get too personal and sticking to the the work side, I suppose. 
No, I think you're right. Yeah. And that was one of the important points in- on the important list. Oh, I'm sorry, Farrakhan. Oh, no, I was just going to reiterate Mike's point. It's like, I pick and choose my battles more wisely now because, Dan, you know, I was, I was, I called people out in the past. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stay in my own lane until they steal from me verbatim. And then I'm like, all right, well, now it's time to roll up my sleeves. <laughs> then, and then <laughs> you come after me, I come after you. Right. There's, there's power in it. And I think we've all gotten caught up in it. And I think even to reiterate what we've said early on, right, there are good career coaches or well-meaning career coaches. And one of the problems with taking on a topic like this is what will inadvertently always happen is even in response to this episode, we will likely have some of those career coaches who do mean well and do good work for people show up and say, why are you bashing career coaching? It's a, it's a fine idea. But I think the question is, are you trying to learn? Are you talking to people in the industry? Are you taking up from it? Or have you been teaching the same things over and over and over again? And this is a really big thing for me as uh, I've done a ton of one-on-one coaching this year. I know we've all done a lot of one-on-one coaching with people because they want that extra help. And I realized the advice I was giving someone a year ago isn't the same advice I'm giving now. It shouldn't be. The market has changed more. I originally had like a free resume writing guide and resume template that I would give people. You can just go sign up and get it. And I took it down because I was like, this is a resume and a guide that I would have advised you to use in 2021. And in November of 2023, it is not the same. Everything is different. And I think the issue with a lot of 20 plus year career coaches is they haven't adapted their advice beyond just like, we'll do it on LinkedIn, you know, just adding a little bit of technology to it. And you can always tell when you see those resumes because they're so old school. It's like, can we just like clean this up, make it a little more minimal? My big issue are the people who come on to platforms like TikTok, especially TikTok, because TikTok is an outreach platform where they make a series of different types of videos. And then the career one, the one about interviews, the one about resumes pops off. And then they go all in on that niche because they're like, oh, I know how to make a video that, you know, hits on people's fears of blah, 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 blah. Then they start calling themselves a career expert just because Mm -hmm. they can make good content. There is a creator out there. I know we all know who this person is. I'm not going to call them out by name. But what in in her defense, she went to school as a filmmaker. I think she worked for BuzzFeed for a while. And now she charges $1,000 an hour to meet with her. And you're like, wait, and she's selling templates and all of that, like $20 resume templates. And, you know, go get your bag, girl, like good for you. But what's funny to me is that I'll go live sometimes and people in my comments will be like, what do you think of this person? And I'm just very honest. And I'm like, she doesn't have any experience, like real world, actual experience in, you know, talent acquisition and HR, none of that. But she makes great videos. And they're like, yeah, I think she's awesome. And I'm like, hmm, because she's a good storyteller or because the information she's giving you is worthwhile? It is way easier than people realize to go viral on the internet. And going viral a few times adds immediate authority to you. Um, And it happened to me. I mean, I went viral for good stuff because I know what I'm doing. However, the first time I ever went viral and had a video get over a million views, I gained 25,000 followers within like a day on TikTok. And it's that easy. And then it just happens. And then you have a lot of followers and now you're authority and people will listen to you. And that's how easily it can happen. And I do think that is something to be aware of when when we talk about people's backgrounds for sure. It's just like, just because they build a following doesn't necessarily mean it's accurate. Yeah. They have anything to do with what they speak about. Yeah. 
Totally. Well, we can, I bet we could talk about career coaches all day long, but let's wrap up this segment. So, or the episode, pardon me, Dan or Mike, any thoughts to leave the audience with regarding career coaches? I found out six months ago that there is a certified, a certification that you can get to be a a resume writer, a certified resume writer. I did not know that this was a thing. And they actually have an award ceremony every year for the best written resumes. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I couldn't stop. Based on. I couldn't stop imagining like it was like a red carpet. Like, And here we have the Helvetical 12 complete with three <laughs> columns, <laughs> a skill section with 1.5 fonts. Like, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> how, are you- how, do you, how do you win? <laughs> Wait, do you have to get a res- job? I I have to, like, I, I have to spend a day researching it because I was so blown away. But yeah, they have a contest for, I think, but of course you have to pay to submit your resume. But <laughs> I was like, so like, who is does the doing resume, this? Does the resume, re- like, walk the red carpet? Or do you have to walk it onto the red carpet? Who's <laughs> holding it with a big plastic? <laughs> like, are there two separate red carpets? One for the resume and you just kind of like dance it over and like it takes photo, <laughs> like they take photos of it. Like what? Yeah. Award, are there categories? Just like best Canva resume and best two column resume and best one page resume. Best one pager. Best use of dynamic verbs. <laughs> yes. yeah. Mo- most adjectives fit into one career summary. <laughs> Wait, but you need the AI category. <laughs> That's true. Don't you need an AI category based on what prompts you put in? That's true. Yeah. Well, yeah. The awards always got to adapt and add new awards each year. Extra five I points mean, given if you somehow managed to hide the one point job description you copied and pasted it to get the keyword. The, the keyword boost. <laughs> oh my God. We'll have to save the one point white font job description <laughs> for another episode. Mike, what, any, any last thoughts? Be careful out there. Just be careful out there. That's all I can say, I suppose, because everyone is out to get you. They won't be as obvious as resume underscore writer. But there are a lot of people out there to get you and find people you can trust, not just people who made the best content. My last thoughts would be, you know, just do your due diligence and your research. It takes 30 seconds for you to click on this person's name or just Google them really quickly. Just look at their backgrounds, figure out, you know, who these people are. And if this person has no background in talent acquisition or HR, then, you know, enjoy their content for what it is and move on. Agreed. So, well, on that note, Mike, why don't you tell uh, the audience more about how they can find you outside of this podcast? I can be found at Realistic Recruiting on both TikTok and Instagram, as well as on LinkedIn, which I think will all be linked in our notes. Love it. Dan, what about you? Where can we find you? I'm on Dan from HR. Dan from HR.com may or may not be live by the time this episode is live, so check it out. Let's just say that every episode forever. Every episode. We can be doing this two years from now, and it may not be live yet. It may or may not be live. And then, uh, yeah, so just Dan from HR. And Farah. Dan, maybe maybe one of these front-end engineers or full-stack engineers can reach out to you. Maybe you can exchange resume coaching services, and they can do your website for you. Please, yes. <laughs> <laughs> And I can be found just the same way as my colleagues, Dan and, or sorry, co-hosts, Dan and Mike. You can find me on TikTok, on Instagram and LinkedIn and YouTube by my name, Farah Sharkey. So thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. We've enjoyed ourselves. We hope you did too. Have an amazing day. Bye. Bye. Bye.